What's going on, everybody? Episode 202 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. Bring you to the table while we talk about the outdoors. Back at it again with the white vans. It's Tom. Tom, for the third week in a row, calling his shots. He's got his New York buck tag filled. And it was a wild recovery. But it's weird because it was a perfect shot and then just ended with just this wild recovery that we can't wait to tell you guys about. Um, there's some information throughout the podcast that can help you guys learn something, maybe help you with you know future tracks, um, because perfect shots don't always result in perfect tracks. Um, I think I said that right. I've had a few beers before I started doing this intro, but you know that's what you get. Um, anyway, I'm obviously rambling. Let's quit that and let's get tuned in to this week's episode. So I did the cardinal sin. I pull up my bow and then I look dead at his antlers. I got out of the truck, and when I slammed the door, I heard gobbles all around me. Alaska, moose, spot and sock. That is the bucket list. I agree. How's it going, gang? Thanks for joining us at the table while we talk about the outdoors. I already said that. Did you? I don't well, know. I mean, I will when I do the intro. Yeah, but I wanted to say it too. Fine. Now I'm just gonna. Hey, you should not do that. I'm gonna do that for the whole episode. I would. I really hope. I'm you just don't. gonna rudely interrupt Tom mid-story with slurping beer. Are you Why saying do you Tom? Think I'm gonna be the one telling the story? <sighs> yeah, three weeks in a row. Turns out Tom's got an, a rash. Yeah, he's just itching that finger on the trigger nonstop. Yeah. It's a release. All right. Well, ha- oh, you have a thumb release. Yeah. yeah. Right. Can we just call him Itchy Tom? I don't think that's a good name. I don't like that. <laughs> leave it in the comments if you guys like Itchy Tom. I think uh, no one. Will. <laughs> Even if they were going to leave a comment, they're not going to now. Like, no, 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 no. It, it's not, not what you think. It's because I like to shoot. That's You'd have to do every time somebody's like, are you Itchy Tom? You're like, yeah, but it's not what you think. Yeah, we're just not going <laughs> to... I'm going to entertain it. <laughs> We're moving on from it. Yeah. So this is uh, <laughs> three weeks in a row. And if you go back to the Moose Camp series, we we did My Doe podcast. Yep. And then we did the Moose Camp. And Uncle Frank said, who's going to be next? And I said, I think it might be me. And you were right. And it was. And then we did that episode. And I said, I think it's going to be me again. And here we are. Yeah. We, this is three in a row. It's me again. I'm just going to say it. You're going to be so bold. I think it might be me again week four. How about how does hat trick Tommy sound? Well, it's only going to be hat trick Tommy for a week because I don't know what uh, do four of something is. Tom, Tommy Nick, four Nick, cheese. Nick will eat his hat if it's four in a no, row. No, no. I will never make a bet <laughs> like that with Tom until he eats his hat. He does owe you one hat eaten. Oh, yeah. we'll get there. I didn't say when. 
Said you I were would. so pissed. Like, I will literally eat my hat. Yeah, and I may. <laughs> See, you <laughs> just may. You eat some hay. Yeah. Make so, stuff out of clay. Anyway, we went. First one was a doe. Second one was a buck. Third one, buck. Big buck. Buck. Yeah. And this one's a good story, and it's an educational story. So hang around for the whole episode. If yeah, you bring your going kids anyway, on. There's a lot to learn from this. Yes. So if you listened to last week's Tom's got so many series, beer cans around, we can't figure out which one's got beer in it. That's a good problem to have, I suppose. I shot my buck, my PA buck, on a Saturday. Got it all dressed up nice. Then we went over to Frank's for his birthday Halloween party. Mm-hmm. I celebrated my buck, as you should. Went and to bed early. No, not quite. Austin it's talked lunchtime. us into stopping into the French Creek Saturday night <laughs> on the way up to after we had already left the Halloween party. Austin's pretty good about that. Yeah, so we were there shooting pool, and it was starting to become very apparent that I was not waking up for a morning hunt. <laughs> Just... The vibe wasn't right there that no, night, though. No, no. I wasn't getting any bucks on camera in the morning. It was all evening. It had nothing to do with the amount of alcohol you were drinking in French Creek? No. No, almost none. <laughs> so we go to bed Saturday night. And I actually, I did wake up at yeah, we did. 5 o'clock. And it's, was it, I drunk? I don't know. Was <laughs> I hung over? Was there a lot of water falling from the sky? Yeah. Yeah. I flipped on the porch light, and it was raining sideways, and I said, that's all I needed to You said, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. (laughs) Yep. I said, "Ah, time for me to go back to bed. Didn't even try and wake Nick or Austin up. I was up. I I saw it, too. Yeah. So I go back to bed. I think you stoked the fire, too. I probably did. Woke up around the ripe hour of, like, 9 o'clock, and... I was a little hungry, so woke the rest of the crew up. We went down to our favorite spot for breakfast, the Dutch Village. I tell you what, that uh, I think we've been going to the Dutch Village more this deer season than ever, and I think it's because of how shitty the weather's been. It has been pretty shitty weather. I'm sorry. like I love to deer hunt, but when I wake up and it's pouring, I ain't going. I've already done it twice this year, and that's only because like if I didn't do that, I don't get in the woods. Like. Mm-hmm. The other night or the other morning I was out, my dad and I both went out because Tom was already tagged out, so he couldn't hunt in PA anyway. Mm-hmm. And my dad and I are out there and we're a couple hundred yards apart, but he texts me at like nine o'clock and he's like, Dude, this he's it. like, I way underdressed. I have no rain gear. I'm soaked. He's like, I'm going back to the barn. And I'm going to light up the fire. I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch. Why would you tell me that? <laughs> and it, I mean, it's now just, you're like, well, I'm leaving too. And it's pouring. So I'm like, I'm going to give it till 10 o'clock. Well, like, our weather this year has been all rain in the morning and then nice in the afternoon. Like, yeah. I don't think we've had rain all day. It's always until like If we two, did, it's like o'clock. light. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna sit it out till 10. And then 10 o'clock, it started to kind of lighten up. And I'm like, all right, things are going to move, you know. So I, I'm like, oh, let's just sit. And it's like 1030. And then it just opens back up. And I'm like fuck this i'm like yeah we're heading back done with it uh, i was like stoke that fire i'm on my way but yeah anyways tom good dutch village in the yep. morning nine o'clock yep had ourselves a breakfast buffet go back to camp and actually 
Um, we had a pretty full camp for the afternoon. Uh, me, Nick, and Austin were there from Saturday night until Sunday. And Frank and his dad, you've heard him on the Moose Camp series, mm-hmm. showed up Sunday afternoon for an evening hunt. And dad came up too, didn't he? No. no. D- oh, no? He was not there. Yeah. Yeah. But and I'll, I will tell you this. The night before Saturday, we're at the Halloween party. I get a picture right at last light of this nice shooter buck coming out into one of our food plots. I'd say one or two, number one or two that we've seen this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right at last light. And I said, that's where I'm hunting tomorrow if the wind allows. So I had picked my spot already. And... Saturday night or Sunday night rolls around. Wind's perfect for that stand. I'm like, well, that's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Everyone else picks their location. And I get up on stand. Actually, I was feeling ambitious. I think we got on stand at like 2.30 or 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was about 2.30. And I was hunting a field edge, and it was windy as a bugger. And I had, I was looking north. And the wind is coming from the north at about 15 miles an hour. Gusts probably near 20. And I'm like, this sucks. This is cold. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see a deer until about 5 o'clock. And first deer I saw was two doe come running out of the woods across the goldenrod field into our big radish field in the middle. And I'm like, oh, shit, they're getting chased. Mm -hmm. Well, there was nothing behind them. I'm like, well. They're just in a hurry for the radishes. Yeah, I just, I don't know. They did not like the wind because they got to the radish field and they were head up looking around, feeding, and then next thing you know, they just take off running again. I'm like, yeah, they're they're acting spooky tonight. Mm-hmm. A little while later, these same two doe come running up the field around this little point and straight across the food plot. I mean, they were both big does and they were like, 20 yards away but they were just running there's nothing i could do Mm -hmm. i'm like oh that sucks then a little while later from right out of this trail that dumps into the food plot out comes a mom and her fawn and they're walking around come out into the food plot can't shoot a mom in front of her fawn and they walk and turn right at me and go directly underneath me and I'm watching, I'm actually looking at these deer through the grate on my platform. Like mm-hmm. when I say underneath, I mean directly, directly underneath me. And they walk straight behind me in this, into the hardwoods and I kind of lose sight of them. And it was like 20 minutes later, it's just starting to get dark and I hear from behind me. I look back and here comes that fawn again. Now she's right underneath me again. And then she gets to the edge of the food plot. There's an apple tree. She's standing under there eating apples. And I'm just watching her. And it's like five minutes till dark now. And I'm like, as soon as this fawn leaves, like I'm packing up and leaving. Like This, this party's over. Mm-hmm. And I look over to my right out to the trail that dumps into the food plot. And I see a big deer standing there. And I'm like, oh, that must be mama. Mm-hmm. And well, it steps out, and I see Cage. I'm like, oh, game on. Oh, yeah, you're done. And in my mind, I'm thinking, this is 
last light, this is exact same situation. This buck came in out the day before. It, it's got to be him. Mm -hmm. So you are not him. No, <laughs> turns out wasn't him. Still a good good buck. Very good yeah. Buck. Still, I mean, probably we've been arguing in camp. Not really like arguing, but like discussing mm -hmm. where he falls in the lineup, and he's two. Could be two, maybe three, but like yeah, definitely I two. I think, two but definitely well. top three of bucks ever killed in camp. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, wasn't number two or one on the hit list, but he's secured. he was on the hit list. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely a hit list buck, but not, you know, what we thought he was, but still, to kill the number two buck in camp. You're and the number good. one. Okay, whatever. Doing something right. So he steps out, and he's like 16 yards. And so I draw back on him. And like I said, these deer were spooky. So he I don't. He wasn't coming out to feed. He was a brisk walk out into this field. He was on a mission for something. Mm -hmm. So I draw back on him. I give him the old map. Stop him. Looks at me. Touch the release. Luminoc lights up. I see it disappear right behind the front shoulder. Thanks, Nick. That was a very crucial part of the story. <laughs> I told you I was just going to interrupt you through this. And see the arrow disappear in him, kick out the other side, and he takes off like a bat out of hell running straight north towards the road. In the golden rods. Yeah, straight through the golden rods. And he gets like 150 yards, and I can barely see – I. Thought I lost sight of him. And I'm thinking, I think he just went down right there. and Because I, I saw him, and then it was like he was gone. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I think he went down right there. So I climb down, find my arrow, turn my Luminoc off. Arrows covered in blood. I'm like, all right, this, this looks good. So I make the long loop around just to stay out of the area this deer ran. Met up with Nick until I, I think I just shot that big eight. And he's like, oh, no way. Are you serious? I'm like, yeah. He's like, did you find your arrow? Yeah, covered in blood. So we go back up to camp, and, you know, we're going over everything, getting everything ready for the track. I wanted to give it about an hour. And they're all, Where, where'd you hit it? I'm like, I watched the arrow, you know, right, right behind the front shoulder, maybe a touch high, but it was pretty close, so I, I think he's Yeah, a little high is good if you're close. Yeah. And so we give it an hour and we go down there, go to my arrow. Everyone looks at the arrow. They're like, oh, yeah, that, that's a good arrow. There's no blood around it. I'm not too worried. I know a lot of times it takes 30, 40 yards for it to mm -hmm. fill up to the entrance and exit hole still. It really starts dumping out. So we're kind of pacing back and forth along the edge of the goldenrod and find a little speck of blood where he ran into the golden rods. So like, all right, we're on the trail. And we followed this trail. It took us probably what, an hour to go hundred and fifty yards. Yeah. It was we were just finding pin drop, pin drop. Pin well and, drop. I, and the only way we were finding like I was just walking like in a straight line that like looked like maybe that's where he was going. And then like every forty yards or so I'd be like, Oh, I got like a pin a speck. drop. It's like you, you wonder how you even find them. It was well, that and the bad. one that you found, like we kind of we lost blood, and then we were just kind of walking through the golden rods. Like he's got to be laying right here based on how Tom hit him, and it was like eighty yards of just walking, kind of grid searching. And Nick's like, "I have a speck of blood." Like, which I mean, like to think about, like how like it's a golden rod field. Yeah, for me to 
find blood 80 yards away. Like, yeah. Just... For, we Last blood, we just were like, fuck it, we're just going to walk. Yeah. And then you found one pin drop. In high winds. Yeah. So, like, uh, the fuck, golden rods are just going nuts. Like, I was like, I saw it and I was like, wow. I, like, I grabbed that stem and I was like. No way this is I'm blood. like, that's blood? I'm like, all right, everybody, right here. Yeah. This is the guy. So, yeah, I mean, obviously we were, everyone on the track was like, a little disheartened at the amount of blood. Yeah, they're like, are you sure you're double lung this? Thing? I'm like, I, I'm telling you, I watched my Luminoc hit, and Nick pulled up a deer chart. It's got, like, the mm-hmm. grid on it. He's like, where did you hit this deer? I'm like, I'm telling you, I hit this deer in this square, whatever mm-hmm. number, letter, combination it was. I'm like, that's where it was. He's like, uh, all right, uh, that's a dead deer. I'm like, I'm telling you, this is a dead deer. So we track for 150 yards find last blood and we're like 30 yards from the edge of the road and i'm like man and he is not veered off the path yeah yet. he yeah. was yeah. a dead straight. straight line i'm like i don't i can't believe this thing would cross the road mm-hmm. um so we mark last blood and then we go up to the road and we're it's a dirt road and like we're kicking the road to see how easy you can disturb it and i mean you walk on it and you're leaving a footprint so we're like if this deer crossed the road there's a track. There's a track. So we're shining our lights, looking up and down this road. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Can't find a drop of blood. Can't find a fresh deer track. And I even had a little handheld spotlight. And directly across the road was a totally open field. Yeah, just For grass. probably, what, 70 yards? And then it was... Back into woods. thick and goldenrods and woods. Right, it's swamp. right on the edge of a swamp across the road. Yeah, it's thick. Yeah. So I, I walk out into that field, shine it. He's not laying in there. And now I'm like, what the hell? Like, this does not make sense. Mm-hmm. And now, like, you're second-guessing. Everyone else is like, maybe you didn't see what you saw with your arrow. Like, based on how you said you hit it, we should have found more blood. Like, we're following yeah. pin drops. There was more blood on your arrow than we found in 200 yards of tracking. Yeah. yeah and was, everyone's like... What's going on here? Yeah. Like, I, I, I had, like, I was, like, it was weird because, like, I'm, like, I trust what Tom tells me he saw. Oh, yeah. 100% Tom tells me I hit behind the front shoulder. I believe that he hit behind the front shoulder. And where we were But that finding... blood trail, the blood trail is just, it's telling you a different story. And it's, like, mm-hmm. man, I, I, Tom's accurate. He always tells the truth. You know, I, I believe what he saw. But this blood trail is telling me a totally different story. Mm-hmm. Like, the amount of blood we were getting was, like... A brisket hit or almost uh, a gut shot kind of blood. Yeah, like and not that's, the color, or not anything. the color, but just the amount of blood or you'll like find. Backstrap. Yeah, yeah, or back uh, backstrap is probably pretty good. Mm-hmm. But we're looking. I mean, the height that we're finding blood is like perfect. Yeah, yeah, you're, it's like below it's waist. Below your waist, it's at like knee level. Like it was a yeah. good. So it's like it's coming out at the right height. So it's like it, it was throwing everybody through a loop. Yeah, everyone was very perplexed about what was going on. Looking at the arrow and what Tom said, we had one story. Following the trail, we had a completely different story. We don't have a dead deer. We're like... Like, every deer I've shot double lung has been dead within 100. Yeah. And then I'll I'll admit, it was kind of disheartening because, like, you know, Austin was with us, and he had to go. He works third shift. Yeah. So Austin peels off. You know, I got to go to work. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's just, it's a little, like, obviously he's got to do his thing, but it's like a little bit of a blow. It's like, man. You yeah, know, sucks. So then we get back, and then you and your dad are like, "Hey, we're we're piecing out." So now it's just me and Tom. I'm like, "Damn!" Like this is just it. Like obviously, I know that 
you know, you have to do your thing and everything, but it was like, felt like everything was just like, everybody's like, yeah, yeah wind we're not out gonna... of the sails. Yeah. And it was just like tough. So Tom and I go back to camp and we're sitting there and he's telling me, he's like, dude, I'm telling you that deer's dead. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I believe you, man. I'm like, mm-hmm. but we got to get a dog. Like this is. Well, before we that, we were sitting up at camp. No, and... we were talking about a I guess, where are you going with this? I was going to say, we went, after everyone left, me and you went back. We went to camp first and yeah. talked about a dog. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find one. Yeah, we couldn't get a guy. Yeah, because you started messaging people when we were standing at the road yeah. right before Dad and I left. So we sat at camp for like an hour trying to get a hold of a guy with a dog and mm-hmm. couldn't get anything. And I told Tom, I said, why don't we just go look? Like, let's go check. I'm like, maybe he did break to the right. Mm-hmm. Like, let's head if down. if he would have broke to the right, it was 50 yards, and then he was in the woods. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe... He, made he really wasn't feeling line. good, and he's like, "I got to try and get into the woods." Mm-hmm. So we get we jump in the woods, and we maybe went ten yards in. And I looked at Tom, and I said, "If we have any chance of getting a dog, we can't be doing this." Yeah, like let's get yeah, out of here. You don't want to mess up. I'm that like, I'm like, trail. I know that at this point we had nobody on book for a, a dog, but I told Tom, like, I looked at Tom, I said, "Hey, if we've got, if there's a slight chance we can find somebody with a dog." We're doing it wrong right now. Mm-hmm. I'm like... Yeah, you need to leave. One, it's dark. Like, we aren't going to be able to see shit unless you walk over top of it. Mm-hmm. And we're just making this way harder if by some miracle we get a hold of a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we made the decision, you know, at this point we did not have a dog lined up. We well, what get we out. did do was all these guys that I got a hold of told me, oh, sorry, I can't do it. Try this hotline. Mm-hmm. So it's like a Western New York deer trackers hotline. You call this number, you leave a voicemail stating like what county you're in, what time you shot, um, your name, phone number, and then it dispatches that message to all of the trackers that are in this program. And mm-hmm. then you just hope Wait one calls for a response. Mind so, you, this is a volunteer service, so it's like these guys don't do this for a living. Yeah. It's at this point, 10 o'clock at night, yeah. you know, on a Sunday. Most yeah. of these guys probably work in the morning. Mm-hmm. So Tom and I, are, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I, wind was coming out of my sails too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was like, I felt like this chance. And then like we come to the realization, you know, it's like, you know, now we've got to, you know, meet this guy up here. If we can even get something going. It was like. Yeah, someone's going to have to take a day off of work to come yeah. back up or yeah, you know, which, come after work, which the longer you wait, the harder it is to recover the deer. Yeah, so. so it was like, we can't wait till after work. So Tom and I were like, well, well we're going to have... Hold on, you're getting ahead of my story here. So I called the hotline, no luck getting a hold of a tracker. Me and Nick go back, start this little half-assed grid search, decide, you know what, this this ain't it. Let's just get out of here. If we're going to get a dog, we're just screwing it up. Mm-hmm. So as we're walking back, my phone rings, and it's a tracker. And I'm like, all right, finally, something good's happening. And he says, oh, I can't uh, meet you out there tonight, but I can meet you out there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I work tomorrow. I said, can you meet me here at 6 in the evening? And he said, yeah. I can. And I wasn't worried about temperature. I wasn't worried about this deer spoiling because it was like 40 degrees. Yeah, it was cold enough. Um, and he's like, yeah, I can meet you at 6, um, but that's 24 hours after the shot makes it a lot harder on the dog. So I'm like, all right. Let me make a couple phone calls. I'll call you right back. Mm-hmm. So make a few phone calls. Decide we can get there at 11. Just work work the morning. Get up there at 11. Mm-hmm. So call him back. I'm like, yeah, 11 o'clock. I'll meet you. He's like, that's perfect. So we met him up there. And 
I actually, I wait, I didn't make any phone calls. I waited till Monday morning. <laughs> say, hey, Bob, sick. Say, no, I, I went to work in the morning. I said, Hey, um, I'm leaving at noon. <laughs> well, it actually worked out well because he didn't lie. My mom and dad were leaving to go on a vacation. Mm-hmm. So he said, my dad's going out of town. I got some stuff I got to finish up. That's not a lie. The two didn't really correlate. The stuff he had to get finished up had nothing, nothing to do with dad, <laughs> with dad going, going out of going town. <laughs> but it just it worked. It sounded good. <laughs> the things you do to supply this borderline addiction of hunting because mm-hmm. well, like, that's not me, even like you're supplying your addiction you're trying to recover i know an but it was point. killing me like everything about this deer says it should be dead except this blood trail yeah and i'm like i have to see it through yeah and so i was like all right i'm in I told tom i said let's do it get up there like 11 o'clock meet the guy i would i will say before i don't want to give the guy's name away just because i don't you know without his permission i don't want to yeah. throw it out there um, but while Tom and I were waiting, you know, we called this hotline, we're calling all these other people. I'm on that hotline's website and there's one guy's name that's just like, over cause they have like a, a recovery sheet and there's pictures of a guy, a dog and the deer and over and over and over again, it's the same guy, recovered same guy, by so-and-so, recovered yeah, by... just over and over and over again. And I looked at Tom and I said, that's the guy, that's who we want, but it's a hotline. You don't call somebody Yeah, you directly. don't know who you're going to get. Yeah. So... Anyway, I just wanted to bring that part up where we're like, well, this is the guy we want. Mm-hmm. Fast forward. We got the guy we wanted. <laughs> he pulls up and... Mind you, the guy drives like an hour. to like He's not from like that. Around the yeah, area. Yeah, he comes from an hour out. I'm like, awesome. And what was his dog's name? Lex. Lex? Yeah, Nick goes, so what's your dog's name? And he goes, Lex, but don't bother calling her because she's deaf. I'm like... <laughs> You guys are like, shit, this dog's going to (laughs) suck. He opens up the truck door, has picks Lex up, sets her down, totally gray in the face. I don't know how old this dog was, but this dog was old. Not young. (laughs) I'm like, you know, this guy has recovered literally every deer on the website. Mm -hmm. I know he's good, but... Doesn't look good. Doesn't look that great. Well, I tell you what, Lex... Knows what she's doing. Yeah, she's an animal. <laughs> I I think it's one of them deals where if you lose one sense, your other ones are heightened. Mm-hmm. You don't need to hear to track deer. Sure don't. Just no, need you, the you, nose. Yeah. So this guy tells us, you know, let's take us to the shot. Mm-hmm. So we take him, and he wants to go the long way because we don't know where this deer, if it's dead, where it's at. So we go the long way around to avoid potentially mm-hmm. mudding up a, a, a blood trail. Yeah. So we get there, and the dog wasn't really finding anything um, at the shot site. And I'm like, man, that's a little disheartening. You know, I'm like, I know where this deer went. And he's like, you know, she's not really picking anything up. And she kept, you know, just walk, like kind of like a dog would do walking in the field, just kind of walking around. I'm like, okay. He's like, why don't you take me to Last Blood? And I'm like, yeah, that's where the arrow's at. We, you know, we marked it with the arrow. So we go walking up there, and he brings the dog over. Dog sniffs the arrow for like 30 seconds. He's Mind like, you, six of us have handled this arrow. Yeah. So probably not the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking back, that's probably something we shouldn't have done. And going forward, like, we shouldn't do that anymore. But obviously yeah. the dog can handle it. That dog could handle it. I'm sure other dogs can too. But you, yeah. you just don't want to give them all that extra stimuli to throw off their nose. Yeah. So this dog sniffs the arrow. Guy lets the dog go. And that dog just barrels across the road. And we're like, 
you know, we deer didn't cross road. We, you know, there's no trail, there's no blood, nothing like. Yeah, we searched on the road for tracks for a long time, just yeah, trying to like we were were basically yeah, we were basically trying to write that off that it didn't happen. Yeah, that dog barrels across the road, dives into this field, jumps down in the woods, hops an old barbed wire fence, and guy starts pulling the dog back says i don't think if this deer's fatally hit it didn't jump a fence Mm -hmm. you know but this dog was like pulling back and he's like oh he's like i'm gonna tell you right now when she don't come back when i yank it's because she's pretty sure of what she's telling me Mm -hmm. so he for a little bit keeps yanking on her she finally was like whatever fine comes back he's like i want to take her back up to the field and just see what she does takes her back up to the field and she barrels right back down and then he's like, all right, we're just going to let her do her thing. Mm-hmm. So she get we get on the other side of this fence, and the dog throws her nose up and just kind of sniffs around, cuts, like, backtracks, mm-hmm. like, a, like kind of at an angle, you know, was go heading north, cut back, like, southeast, right to the deer. Mm-hmm. So then the guy explained to me, he's like, Lex is a retired bird dog. She follows scent very, very well. And a lot of times what happens, especially with that high wind, is the deer's running one way, and a lot of its scent is pushed another pushed way. another way. Yeah, so that dog was following away from the track, and then got downwind of the deer, and then was like, "Yep," and then came back to it. Yeah, so she's not in its tracks, but she's no. right on it. Yeah, she knows so, exactly so it, the where deer it never is. crossed that fence. So we we jumped the fence and then had to jump it back to get back to the deer. But she was following scent that was on the other side of the fence, even though that deer never crossed that fence, mm-hmm. which I thought was insane. Yeah. And, um, I mean, from the time Lex got dropped out of the truck to we were standing over that deer was like 45 minutes. And half of it was monkeying around. Mm-hmm. From the yeah. time she, we brought her to the arrow and she officially... Yeah, because like, Tom she, has to fill... Like in New York State, Tom had to fill out a bunch of paperwork. You know, you know, I'm Tom Sobolewski. This is my tag number. This is when I shot it. All this stuff. It gets reported back to the DNR and all that stuff. But no, I'm saying from the time Lex actually got like locked into the trail at last blood to when she was standing over the deer. I mean, it was maybe no 30 time. minutes, 25 minutes. It was insane. Mm-hmm. Like that, it was watching a professional master at work. Mm-hmm. It was insane. Yeah. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, as far as like a teachable moment and something that's educational to take away. When you got the deer, you hit right where you thought you did. Double long you liver. It was slightly quartering too. I hit double long liver, and it went over two hundred and fifty yards. Yeah. So you, what you saw was exactly what happened. And even though the blood trail that we saw was not indica- indicating that that's what happened, but a lot of people would have saw that blood trail and been like, "That's, that's not that a, deer's that's gone. Not a dead deer." Yeah, that deer's still up and moving. He's fine, but. You re- you really really need to follow your shot through to the very end. Do every exhaust every option and follow your instincts. If you're sitting there telling yourself that's a dead deer, it's probably dead. It, yeah. It, if like, you if you've been doing it as long as all of us have and have killed as many deer as we have, you know what you're seeing. And to me, you owe that deer every effort. Exactly. Possible. You need to exhaust every option you have to recover that deer. Yeah. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes the deer it lives, sometimes the deer sucks. dies and you don't get it, but you need to give it everything you have and call a dog, grid search, do whatever you have to do. And, I like to, And yeah. sometimes, like in this case, the deer was smoked and it was... You it know, was double lung and liver. And where we <laughs> quit looking 
if we hadn't gotten a dog, the deer was 30 yards from the yeah, last spot where, we where were Tom looking. was standing with the spotlight was 30 yards from this deer. Yeah. Which is insane. So you, like, how many people do you think have gotten that close to a deer and then like, it's gone? It, that's you, kind of what keeps me looking when like, if something like this happens for, not even just for me, um, like, I mean, I, I've lost, um, two deer in my life and, and I've been hunting for 15 years mm-hmm. and it sucks. But even like me, or if I'm helping somebody else track, I always feel like I'm 30 yards from finding that deer. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have the hardest time giving up because I, I just don't want to. Yeah. Like I just, I always feel like that spot I turn around, like Jesus, it's, Jesus it's right this there. is terrible advice, but um, it's going to, it's all going to wrap up. They say like, you can't lose gambling unless you quit. Yeah. And like it correlates because like you don't, you can't never find a deer if you keep looking like you, you, I always, you ha- like you said, exhaust every option possible. Like you just keep going. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing I learned from this is if you have a shade of doubt, if things aren't looking good, you don't have the blood trail. You thought, get a dog. Yeah. Yeah, don't go crazy. And don't muck and, up the area. Yeah, leave everything intact for the dog to work with. Yeah. And it's gotten to be such a popular thing. There's a lot of options to find dogs on Facebook groups, and I hot love lines. that New York has that hotline. I don't think PA well, has anything so like that. So the other that. thing that I love about New York is you have to be registered with the state. You have to your you and your dog have to pass certain tests. Mm-hmm. And like what I like I love PA. I love living in Pennsylvania. But any guy can grab their dog and say, I'm a blood tracker mm-hmm. and put themselves on Facebook and, you know, they could charge money and everything. Mm-hmm. And their dog doesn't know anything. Yeah. New York, you have to pass tests and everything. Like, and it's all volunteer. Um, tips are obviously appreciated. Tom tipped the guy very well. He was very appreciative. Um, but, you know, that's just to kind of solidify getting that call back if, you mm-hmm. know, by some chance. He obviously liked the tip because he texted me personally afterwards and said, if you ever need help again, call me directly. Don't use the hotline. I'm like, mm-hmm. obviously the tip was enough. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so it's like, you know, New York, there's some credibility. So like when you yeah. call that hotline, you know it's you're like getting a credible, get, worthwhile yes. dog and handler. Yeah. And I know liked, what they're doing. I like the way it was handled. Like, you know, the guy shows up, you know, takes Tom's license, takes the number. He calls, calls it in, you know, like, Hey, I'm going on a track. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the time the deer was hit. This is how long it's been. Uh, all this different things, you know, reports back all that stuff. And it's just, it was very professional and you know, it was just a neat experience. Yeah. And it ended exactly the way you wanted it to with yeah. a dead deer. And guy stuck around, helped drag it out. Every, it was mm-hmm. like, just, just a great dude. Yeah. So, so yeah, if there's anything to take away from this is trust your instincts and go after the freaking deer. If you even if you're doubting it, do everything you can to recover. Yeah, the and animal. like Tom said, get a get a dog. If yeah. you, if you have if there if blood trail starts to get a little dicey, do not grid search until you yeah. You've the grid search is not the first option. Yeah, definitely get the dog first. Yeah, but thanks again, Tom, for episode or your third episode in a row. I'm gonna try and do four. Yeah. yeah. Baloney. Yeah. Not going to happen. Um, so we're going to start this thing here uh, where, Tom, you're going to do your own closing, and then I'm actually going to close the episode out. We're going to try it out, see how it goes. So, what? Tom, before I close this out for real, so I don't get interrupted, why don't you close it out? <laughs>
for yourself. Also, I got to say it's been a hell of a bow season already. I got two bucks and a doe down. I don't know what you guys are doing. I don't want to be in the spotlight four weeks in a row, but, I mean, if you guys don't shoot something, I'm going to have to go out and shoot one just to keep the deer camp series going. So what do you say you guys get outside? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Tom. Yeah. It hasn't been from a lack of trying. Um, But thank you again, Tom. Uh, Great buck story, very informative, and I had a great time the whole, whole way through. A um, little bit of doubt just adds to suspense at the end of the at the yeah. end of the story. Um, makes it all worth it. That's why we do it. Um, things are starting to get spooky out there in the timber. Um, bucks are getting wild, so you guys all know what to do. Get outside.